start with a thought. That means everything that you say, all the, all the words that you put together to make sentences, all the things that you say, and all the things that you do, all the actions that we make, all start as a thought. They may not be very well thought out sometimes. A lot of times we'll do things. I don't know what that means. A lot of times we'll do things before we before we uh, think them out very clearly or, or we'll stick our foot in our mouth sometimes. Oh, yeah. We all do those kind of things. Oh, yeah. And the reason we sin is because of wrong thinking. We think wrong, so we do wrong things. We, we sin, we choose our will over God's will. That's what sin is, right? But we're choosing our way over God's way. So, so we have stinking thinking. When we have stinking thinking, we have a thinking problem, right? It's, we're, we're conditioned to follow the flesh. I'm going to show you this here in a little bit. We're conditioned to follow the flesh. On the 4th of July, talking about conditioning, on the 4th of July, we went to a fireworks display. We were standing in a parking lot at Price Chopper Liberty watching the fireworks display at the big church, Pleasant Valley Baptist Church across the road. And, and we were out there, and it was about 75 degrees, and it was breezy, and the thunderstorm had came through, and there was a lot of lightning, and it was real pretty in the sky. But uh, I was cold, 75 degrees and breezy. So Brenda's expedition was sitting there. The, the, the back was open, and there were people sitting on the back of my family, and, and Andy and Mom were sitting in the back of it. And, and I stepped around the side of the expedition to get out of the wind because I was feeling cold. And Andy said, wow, you are conditioned to, the, to, to Ford. And, and it, it's hot inside there. It's what he was talking about, how hot it is inside that building, but it's all stuffy and, and plugged up. So the, the air is plugged up. I mean, so there's a lot of air moving in there. So uh, 100, 100 degrees doesn't feel good. Right? 100 degrees doesn't feel good to us. 100 degrees is miserable, especially when there's not a lot of air moving things. Uh, uh, but when you're conditioned, when I was conditioned for those 100 degree days, 75 felt cold, right? Right where I was supposed to be at. Usually if 75 would feel great to me. 72 is even better. 70, 70 with a fan blowing on, I'm in for that right there. So, so where we're supposed to be at sometimes doesn't feel very good to us, though, when we're conditioned to be in some place that's uncomfortable for us, that, that's, that's not really right for us. Right. Are you following? Does that make sense to you? So 100 degrees isn't really right for us. It's not where my body temperature is. It's not where my body's supposed to be at. It's supposed to be somewhere under that. So, so we might move away from, from the thing where we're supposed to be at, though, to be somewhere to try to warm up a little bit. I moved away from the wind to get around the other side of the car. Does that make sense? Athletes conditioned to train, right? I was conditioned to be in that heat. So athletes conditioned to train. They, they, they train to condition. I mean, they do condition training is what I mean to say. They get out here and run. You see people run up down the highways. Runners run. You don't think they accidentally fell down one day and those big muscles came up on their legs, right? They condition to do that. They condition themselves. They train to be in that kind of shape, to be able to breathe good, for the lungs to have high capacity, to be able to breathe in and out, right? When I was in good shape, I could run two miles and breathe through my nose still. Right, you have to be conditioned to do that. It's not something you hop out of your easy chair and get up and do one day. They train to be that way. So Christians must also condition, right? Because Paul talked about our Christian walk as what? He spoke as a race. He talked about it as a race. Can I get three volunteers to come over here today? The whole sign. I asked somebody before church, but I don't remember who it was. That was my lovely wife. She's going to be the body. <laughs> Who's on top? Sister Pam, you can be the soul. Brother Rick. All right, here we go. Here we go. He's going to be the spirit, the spiritual man, right? So, so we're conditioned as we're as we're born physically, we're spiritually dead. Our spirit man's dead, right? So our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. We should have put that on here. Mind, will, and emotions. That's what we think with, right? All actions start with a thought, right? Does that make sense? So we're conditioned before we're saved. We don't hear from our spirit man. We're dealing all the time with our body. 
who's all, who, who we, we could have the world over here and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the, all the things in the world and the lust of the flesh and, and the body's all wanting to do the things they want to be, it wants to be involved with the world so the body's saying hey, hey mine let's go over here and do this let's go over here and do this let's go over here and do this let's do this thing Whatever, let's hang out with these people let's talk in this way let's think the dirty jokes are funny all the things that are going along with these things and then one day we get, we get saved because uh, uh, and first off with that right there James 1.14 did I put that on the board? James 1.14 says this but each one is tempted, but each one is tempted when he is tempted, drawn away by his own desires and enticed, right? And enticed by what? Come on, sis. And enticed, then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So, so when you're dealing only with your body, you have these desires, you have these lusts that you want to do these things with your body. Are you following me? Your mind and your body are, are in agreement with each other, and they're in agreement with the world. Man, that, that camera makes me really nervous. I charge 20 bucks a picture. I'm just teasing with it. So, so if we give into that thing, when, it, when it's conceived, it becomes sin. Does that make sense? And when sin is full grown, it becomes death, a spiritual death. It can be separation from God forever. Are you following me? But then one day in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, I know it didn't put this one up there. It, it says, if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. You're different than you were before. So your spirit's made alive when you come to Christ. Your spirit man is made alive, right? We're a spirit, soul, and body. We're a triune being. These are all parts of us. Does that make sense? So we're a triune being. So where does the spirit get his information from? It's not from the world on the other end of the spectrum, on the other end of the scale. It's over here from the spirit of God. Because the Bible says his spirit speaks to us through our spirit. The big S, the big spirit, the spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, whatever you want to call it, speaks to me through my spirit. Little S, I'm the small, Right? So, so now you got these two conflicting with each other. But we've been conditioned to listen to our, our, our body. I was conditioned to listen to my body for 35 years. 35 years. But now we've got this spirit man over here talking to us. Hey, soul, that's not right. We don't want to go over there and hang out with those people anymore. We don't want to be over there intoxicated and do the things that we, whatever it is that we shouldn't be doing, whatever that sin is. I'm not a clothesline preacher. You all have been here very long to know that. So whatever that sin is over there that you've been hanging out with and those things that you've been doing over there, we don't want to do that anymore because we're getting our information from the Spirit of God over here. Let's go to church tonight. Because if you're being led by the Spirit, He's going to long to do what? He's going to long to get into God's Word. Are you following me? He's going to long to go to church. He's going to be long to be around like-minded people. He's not going to want to hear dirty jokes and laugh and cut up in that way, right? He's going to want to do godly things. Follow me? While your body's wanting to do things of the world. But here's the chooser. The chooser's right here in the mind. The mind, the will, and emotions. So we have to make the decision. We've been disciplined. We, we, we've been uh, uh, conditioned to follow the body for all these years. And sometimes even after we're saved, we're still following the body. Because we've been conditioned that way so long. So long going there. Going back to the well and back to the well and back to the well. And we forget about this man. We override the... He, he, he speaks softly, right? The Spirit speaks softly. So he's not going to come and take something away from you and overwhelm it. Romans 8.14, thank you all for the help. Romans 8.14 says, if you're led by the Spirit, you're, you're, whoever are the sons of God. So if we're led by the Spirit, we're the sons of God. So who, who is led by the Spirit? The ones who've been saved, right? The ones who've been saved and been made spiritually alive. Galatians 5.8 says, if you're led by the Spirit, you're not bound by the law. So if we're making the decision to listen to our spiritual man, the laws aren't going to bother us anyway. We're not going to step outside those laws. Because we're listening to the Spirit Man. Just like I said, he's going to want to, he's going to, want to get in the Word. He's going to want to read your Bible. Absolutely. Right? 
If you're wanting to do something outside of reading your Bible and getting in the Word and hanging out with people of like faith and the things that you're wanting to do, you're not following the Spirit. Right? We're still following the body. We're still conditioned. It's a hard thing to get out of. And I'm not talking down to anybody. I got involved in this this week. This very week. I was sitting over here on the floor looking at the paneling, praying to God, looking to spend some time with him. And he gave me this message because my mind is wandering over here and over there. And anything else he can get on to take me away from what God has in store for me. Anything that he can get on to take me away from listening to my spiritual man. And y'all relate to this? Everybody can relate to this. If you're flesh and you are, because God made us all after, God made us all the same. He did. So if we're led by the Spirit, we're not bound by the law. We're, he, the Spirit's not going to take us places we shouldn't be. He's not going to have us hanging around with people we shouldn't be hanging around with. He's going to long for, for the Word. He's going to long for people of like faith. Matthew 4 1 says Jesus was led by the Spirit. Jesus Christ Himself. Are you going to be humdrum like this all day? Amen. Thank you, sis. I noticed that. Oh, that's why it's not working. Yeah. I noticed that you sit back there toward the back of the day. You didn't want to be between my wife. She said that last time. She said, I'm never going to sit in front of your wife again because all the time you're looking at her, and I think you're looking at me. <laughs> so, so, however, if Jesus Christ was led by the Spirit, shouldn't we be led by the Spirit? Yeah. We should all be led by the Spirit, seeking to be led by the Spirit more all the time. That's what I'm going to be talking about all day long today. Um, look at Joshua and Caleb in this, though, right? Because, because God had promised to take them into the promised land. They went there. Moses sent out 12, 12 spies to go into the promised land. Are you following me? And 10 of them came back and said, oh, there's no way we can do it. There's giants in the land. Look how big these grapes are. They had to carry out, two men had to carry out a cluster of grapes on a pole. Look how big the fruit is that they have. We look like grasshoppers in their sight. Were they listening to the Spirit? They were looking at the flesh. They were looking at what they were looking at. The, they were looking toward their body. We can't physically do this. We can't physically go in there and take this thing. But they failed to realize that God had already promised them. This was already a promise of God. Amen. There's over 3,300 promises in this book that are yours. Amen. But the devil dupes us out of them all the time. He deceives us out of them all the time because we're listening to our body. We're listening to the flesh instead of being more spiritual. So, so. Caleb and Joshua were the ones looking at their spirit man. Yeah? They did because they were the only ones that could. They wanted to stone him over it. They wanted to stone. The whole nation of Israel wanted to stone Caleb and Joshua because they said, we can do it. God's already gave this place to us. It belongs to us. Let's go in there and get it and take it. Look, look at the size of these grapes. They saw it from another, another perspective, right? From God's perspective. Look at these grapes. This place is flowing with milk and honey just like God said it was. Let's go in here and take this place. It's ours. It belongs to us. Amen. You see, the rest of the people had stinking thinking. The rest of them stinking thinking stunk. And they all had to die before they could go in and inherit the promised land. They all had to die. They didn't inherit. They didn't. They didn't. The promises of God didn't work for them because they had stinking thinking. Their thinking was wrong. Their thinking lined up with the flesh instead of with their spirit man. Are you following there will be serious repercussions. I told you that story to tell you this. There will be serious repercussions if we don't take control of our minds. If we don't take control. That's what the story says to you, isn't it? If we don't take control of our minds and take control of our thinking and start listening to our spirit bands, there will be serious repercussions. There will be serious repercussions in your life. When you take control of your flesh, when, when you condition your flesh, your body is going to boil up against you, though. Your flesh is going to boil up against you. If all you take control of your mind, I, I mean to say... It's like an athlete. When an athlete first starts training to get in good shape, to be able to run 10 miles, somebody that can run 10 miles, let me tell you what, they've thrown up a couple times. Are you following me? They've had some muscle aches. They've had some twisted ankles. 
They've had some things that's happened to them during that conditioning to toughen them into that, to be conditioned to that, to that condition that they're in, to be able to do that. Church, your body's not going to want to go along with these things. When you start reading your word and you start conditioning yourself and you start applying these things to your life, are you following? The Bible says, be not here is only deceiving your own self. If you're here today and you're just listening to the word of God and you go out and this is all you're getting this week, you're deceiving yourself. James said it. That's not me. James said you're deceiving yourself. Be not hearers only, but be doers of the word. You've got to take this word and apply it to your life. We've got to follow after that spiritual man all week long. It's not just Sunday and Wednesday type etiquette type of thing. It's all week long. We've got to get in our spiritual man. We've got to follow that spiritual man. Shut that physical man down. Shut that physical. Sometimes we've got to fast. I hate that word. It's a four-letter word right there that I don't like. It even starts with an F. But sometimes, oh, I doesn't like that. Sometimes we got to fast, though. We fast to train our bodies, right? And when we fast to train our bodies, we're, we're telling our body, you shut up. You're not the boss of this thing. I'm listening to my spiritual man right now. Amen. Right? You might slip and fall again next week. But right now, I'm listening to my spiritual man. Yeah. I'm becoming more spiritual. I'm coming, becoming more in tune with God. Because the Spirit gets His information directly from God. Yeah. Directly from God. So, so when we take control of our flesh, our, 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 we take control of our spirit, I mean, or our mind, I mean to say, our, our soul, our flesh is going to boil up against us. And, and we relate it to naturally. So, so conditioning, when you're conditioning yourself, it's either progress or regress. There's nothing down the middle of that. It's either progress or regress. And progress doesn't happen by accident. Those athletes, like I said earlier, they don't fall down and muscles pop up on them. That came by eating the right foods, right? Ingesting the right things. By studying it. By practicing it. By getting out there and working at it. Being mentally tough. Are you following me? They had to condition themselves to get in that shape or regress. Well, how do you, how, how do you, how do you regress? How do you regress spiritually I'm talking about? Or mentally we're talking about today, right? We're talking about being in control of your own mind. You're led away by thoughts. Thoughts that rise themselves up against the word of God or, or above God, right? We're the chooser, though. Who chooses? Who chooses? You can choose whether you follow to, in my case this week, it was I did a lot to my car. That, that Corvette you see sitting in the parking lot draws me away a lot of times. I get in that thing. I get involved in it. And, and not that I've stepped out. It's not a sin to own that car. It's not a sin to work on that car. But if it pulls me away from what I should be doing to God, it could become a sin. Are you following me? God looks at anything that we value higher than him as an idol. Does he not? We've got to be really careful with that, church. So, so we're the chooser. Usually when we're led away by thoughts, though, usually it's gradually. It's real subtle. Real gradual. So it's real subtle so you don't even realize it until you've already stepped right in the middle of it. And then you know that you're over too far where you shouldn't be at. And you've got to come back and you've got to repent again. Hopefully, if you're smart enough to do that, you come back and repent again to God and you try to get it right with him. Some of us just keep going further and further toward the ditch, though. Are you following me? Oh, yeah. Not some of us. We all do it at, at, at one time or another. So, so if we're dabbling in small things, it could cost you everything. That's right. Are you following me? It could be something that you. it, 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 it seems minute. It seems like a little tiny thing. It's not really a big sin. I gave up all the big sins, preacher. I don't do those things anymore. I just got this one little hobby. I just got this one little habit. I just got this one friend. Are you following me? But she's really cute. Right? But she's not a Christian. There's a problem there. 
The spirit, if you're following your spirit, listen to me, young people. If you're following your spirit, they're not going to chase after a boy, or a, young, a young lady or a young man who's not a Christian. Think about that. Because if you're following your spirit, your spirit man's going to want to be around somebody who's of like faith. They're not going to be doing all those things, the other things that the, that the other young people are wanting to do. Are you following me? So, so those small things that we dabble in, though, that's right where your mind's at. That's right where our mind's at, I should say. Because that's what we're thinking about. We don't dabble in things that, we're, that, that are not on our mind. That we don't think about those lusts of the flesh, right? We each have different lusts of the flesh. We think of lust, we think about a sexual type of lust. But lust of the flesh can be a lot of different things. It can be a lot of different things. And each one of us enjoy different things. We all have our own lusts, that that, things that we like to do. Things that we like to fulfill. And some of those things are alright as long as they don't rise up against God. Are you following me? Romans 12, 2 says, some of us, oh, Romans 12, 2 says this, and do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Without without being transformed in your mind and, and getting in God's word, studying God's word, spending time with him and praying. Are you following me? And listening to what he says and then taking it and apply it to your life and causing change to happen in your life. Without those things right there, we're not going to change. The problem is some of us have been saved, but we haven't been transformed. You follow me? We've been made spiritually alive, but our mind hasn't been transformed. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. And if our mind hasn't been transformed, our actions are never going to be transformed because our actions come from our thoughts. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. We'll never get our actions straightened out. We can put up a front for a while. We can try to act a little differently for a while. But your actions are never truly going to be changed when your thinking is still, is still thinking. Are you following? Because our mind hasn't been transformed. We don't have victory. We don't have peace. Because our mind hasn't been renewed. Right? Our mind, if our mind hasn't been renewed, renewed, we'll never truly change our actions. It'll be a temporary change. We've all experienced this, right? We've all experienced that right there. I've, I've experienced it a whole lot. I've tried to do, quit doing habits and quit doing things that I considered sin on my... I know they were wrong for me, and, and I would try to quit doing those things, and, and I would always fail and fall back to it over and over and over and over and over again <laughs> until I had a relationship with God, until God delivered me of those things. But when, when God delivered me those things, I got the word and I wanted change in my life. I knew what I had been doing for the last 35 years wasn't working out at all for me. It wasn't working at all. So I knew I needed something different. And, and, and God gave me the zeal and the, and, and, the, and the victory and all those things. He gave it to me to be, able to, to be able to put those things down. And when my mind was changed through the word of God, through my relationship with God, when my mind was changed, my actions were, my actions were changed. So Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What's heart mean? What's heart mean right there? In the Hebrew, I looked it up for you. In the Hebrew, it means soul. What's your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions, right? So as a man thinks in his mind, so is he. Your actions come from your, your words and your actions come from your thoughts. Are you following there? Third John 1 and 2 says this. You have that one back there, sis? 3 John 1 and 2 says, uh, I have it here. Forgot to write that one down. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your souls prosper. Just as your souls prosper there. When you look that up in the, in the Greek, just as means the same thing as even as. 
So even as your soul prospers. So, so what John was saying, he, he's directly connecting your prosperity to your soul. Is that not what he's saying there? He's directly in, in all ways. He says prosper in all things. So he's talking about your health. He's talking about your finances. He's talking about all the things that we have authority over. But how are you going to say the right words with that with that faith? You got you have faith in those things, but how are you going to say the right right words with those things? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right? We're going to get that here a little bit though. But he he's directly connecting prosperity to the soul, or the mind, the will, and the emotions. So my mind is directly connected to my prosperity. Is that not what it says? Are we agree on that? Your mind is directly connected to your prosperity. So so what thoughts are working against you then? Let me ask you that today. What thoughts are working against you? What thoughts are working against the will of God in your life? Right? Because anything that's not from the Spirit is not of God. If it's of God, it's from the Spirit. It's from His Word of God. So if you've got other thoughts going on inside your life thought that, 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 that are lust of your flesh, you've got those thoughts going on in your life, what thoughts are working against you today? Because no matter what those things are, that Corvette takes time away from me and God. Are you following me? I've asked God before who wants me to sell that car. I'd hate to have to do it, but I'd sell it in a second if God told me to. And 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 I always he is gracious enough. I haven't had to yet. But he's he always I I realize when I'm messing up with it and I get it out of the way. But it always seems to come back up. This time it's because my wife tried to get me to paint the hood and went into a whole big other thing <laughs> just for paint on the hood. But I'm gonna have to put it away for a while. I think so. However, what thoughts are working against you? If you control your mind, you win this war. Are you following me? The war is not just for your life, though. It's for the world. Because when you win your life and when you win your salvation through controlling your thoughts, not that you can do anything to gain your salvation. I'm not preaching that today. But, but when, you, when you win this battle, when you win this thing, you're going to win other people around you. you follow me? Because you're going to look different. You're going to be different. You're going to come out from among them and be ye separate when your mind operates differently. When your mind's operating in the things of God, in the will of God all the time, you're going to look like that. When you get yourself conditioned to do that, you're going to look more like that. So if you lose control of your mind, you lose the war. We're talking about your salvation here today. These things can draw us away from our salvation. So if you lose the war, you're also going to lose what? You're going to lose the world. You're going to lose your family. People in your family that could have been saved we could have their blood on our hands. Right. I hate to say that, but that's that's the fact. So what do you do with your mind? And where you allow your mind to go are critical. Would you agree on that? Yeah. It's critical. Life or death we're talking about here. In Proverbs 18, 30, 31, I think it is. It says life or death. I'm not sure about that verse. It's, it's in Proverbs. Or not in Proverbs. Deuteronomy 30, 19. That's where it's at. Life or death in the power of the tongue. And those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Right? That's not that's the wrong verse. That's that's Proverbs 18. However, let me let me say this again. <laughs> he says, I place he said, I call heaven and earth today to witness before you. I put before you life and death, both blessings and cursings. Choose life that it may be well, well with you and your children. Right? This is life or death. Where you allow your mind to go and what you allow your mind to do are, are critical. They're life and death. If your mind's not right, your actions are never going to be right. Because all your actions start with a thought. So without control. Without the control of your mind, you'll never control your life. Can we agree on this? This is critical that we control our mind. This is like this is like the foundation of everything else that we're trying to do here. To gain control of our mind. Your tongue is like a rudder, the Bible says. It compares it to a rudder. A tongue is a small little thing that steers this big ship around, right? So so 
is the most powerful part of our body, our tongue is. This is how we release our authority on things. Our faith combined with our words. Isn't that how Jesus calls things to happen? Jesus had faith or someone else's faith, and it was combined with his words, and things happened. And he told us this is how it's going to work for us too. Whenever there's a mountain in front of you, if you believe without doubt, and if you have faith the size of this mustard seed, and you say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast to sea, it shall be done for you. This tongue is a very powerful thing. Your mouth is the most powerful thing that you possess, more powerful than an atomic bomb. You get that? Your tongue is right in your mouth. Out of the bones of the heart, the mouth speaks. Who controls what's in your heart? Your mind, right? You're mine. You're the chooser. You choose who you're hanging out with. You choose where you're going. You choose what TV shows you're watching. You choose what kind of music you're listening to. You choose what you're reading. You choose the friends you hang out with, the conversations you have. You choose the jokes you laugh at. You make all these choices. We make all these choices. And that's what's going into us and going into us and going into us. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? Whatever keeps going into us and going into us and going into us is going to come out of us. If your child cusses, you know that's not the first time they've cussed. Are you following me? They're doing it elsewhere. That's just, that's just a little slip up. It wasn't one time. It wasn't one time. That's just a slip up that happened in front of mom or dad. That's something that's going into them and into just That's just a picture of us. It's going into us and into us and into us. Sooner or later, it's going to come out. So out of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's going into us? Is, is the word of God going into us? Or is a bunch of other junk going into us? Because that's what will come out of there. We can't afford to be complacent on this church. We can't afford to sit back and let our minds wander and do whatever and go wherever it wants to go to. Because it's been conditioned for all this time to follow after the flesh. Follow the flesh, follow the flesh, follow the flesh, follow the flesh. That's all it knows. It's kind of like it's kind of like holding a carrot out in front of a rabbit and following it along. Are you following? There's going to be serious consequences for this. This power struggle is real. It's real. It's more real than the things that, that you can see and feel with your five physical senses. It's real. It's not a game. I'm not talking about a game here today. I'm not talking about a choice to play church or not to play church. I'm talking about life or death here today. It's real, and it's a fight for your soul. It's a fight for your soul. The Bible says life is like a vapor. We're going to be here just for a little while. 70, 80 years, 100 years maybe if we're lucky, right? Maybe not that long. No one's promised tomorrow. No one's guaranteed tomorrow. But your soul will live for eternity. Yeah. Eternity. Do you understand how long that is? That's forever and ever and ever. Never ending. Never ending. This is what we're talking about. This, this battle is about our eternity. What's eternity worth to you? What's worth holding on to? What, what is it that we're holding on to that's the lust of our flesh that's so important that we're willing to gamble our authority on, our, our, our eternity on, I mean to say, not our authority, our eternity? What's so great? Is it a habit? Is it a person? Is it a, it, you name it, whatever it is. In my life, I already, I already opened my mail. What is it in your life, though? What's so great that we're holding on to that thing that we're willing to gamble our eternity on it? Let me ask it to you like this, then. What's worth more than your eternity? Nothing. So what are we holding on to? What's that lust that we keep going back to the well and back to the well and back to the well over instead of pressing into our spiritual man? Think about that. What's more valuable than that? Do you want to win this fight? 
Do you want to win this fight? Ask yourself that today, because if you don't want to win this fight, I can't help you. I can't help you. I can give you some information and tell you how to win it if you want to win it, but it's up to you. You, you ask, how do we win this fight? I'm glad you asked me that today, because I'm going to go into that a little bit now. Um, it's real simple. You take this book right here, this thing right here, and you apply it to your life. The whole thing. But to know this whole thing, you're going to, no one can ever know the whole thing, but you're going to have to get into it. You're going to have to read it. You're going to have to study it. You're going to have to take it and put it all over yourself. Apply it everywhere. To every aspect of your life I'm talking about. You see, we pay tithe and, 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 and we come to church and we, and we... But what about our minds? We're all missing some pieces of the puzzle. This would be a powerful, powerful place to be at. Are you following me? It'd be like, it'd be like the, 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 the church in Acts if we're all applying the whole, whole word of God to our life. So, so God has promised us everything, but you have to want it. That's what I'm trying to say to you here. Do you want it? Most of us would say, yeah, we want it. How bad do you want it? What are you willing to do for it? Anybody ever seen a fight? Everybody, everybody ever been in a fight? A lot of times it comes down to who wins the fight is, what are you willing to do? How far are you willing to go? How much of a beating are you willing to take before you give up? <laughs> I'm telling you. That's what it comes down to. What are you willing to do to win this fight for your, for your eternity? We should be willing to, to, to hold nothing back, to give everything to it. That's where we need to be living at all the time. But, but how far are you willing to go? What are you willing to sacrifice? It has to be willing. Here. Notice I said willing. It has to be willing. God's not going to take any of that lust from you. If you want to hang on to that lust, he'll let you have it. He will let you have it. You can go on into hell with it if you want to. If that's what your desire is to do, he gave you a free will. So that we can do what we want to do. That's why we're the chooser. I'm the chooser of my life and you're the chooser of your life. What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to do to win this fight? What are you willing to sacrifice? Is it that thing that you hold on to that you consider so valuable to yourself? Let me tell you something. Anything I've ever gave up for God, he's replaced it with something far, far better. Far better. God has far better than anything that you're holding on to right now, church. Anything that we're holding on to right now. Almost done here. What if you knew someone was going to attack you tonight? Think about this now. This is a fight. This is a battle we're talking about here, right? So what if you knew someone would attack you tonight and your family tonight at 5 o'clock? They're going to be there. They're going to attack you. doesn't matter. Brenda said Lee when I asked for this. But it doesn't matter where it's at. They're still going to attack you. What would you do? You'd prepare. You'd prepare. Some people would go get their guns. Some people would get whatever they could get. Some people are going to call the police and have the police on their way there maybe. But you'd get prepared for that attack. You'd get prepared to fight. We'd be prepared for a battle. If you're coming after my kids, you better, you better be ready to take me out. That's the attitude that we would get, right? That's the attitude that most of us would get. So, so can I tell you today, church, that we are under attack. We are under attack. And the number one way that the enemy attacks, he attacks physically, he attacks financially. He's got all those tricks up his sleeve too. But the number one way that he attacks us is in our mind. It's in our mind, right in our soul. That's where he attacks us at. Joe, here's a picture of this right here. Joe, my daughter, that fell down in front of the platform earlier. She's four years old today. Today's her birthday. That's why she's got the fancy little dress on me. So, so she started asking. She loves to go to Derby. She loves Joe loves ice cream. So she starts asking, who wants ice cream? <laughs> she started saying that in the evening. And we're fat people at heart. We love ice cream. So when Joe would, my little three-year-old at the time, would plant that thought in your head, who wants ice cream? We start looking. You got cash? I got some cash. Let's get it. Hey, how about we just have an ice cream dinner tonight? We'll just skip dinner all together and we'll go down and have ice cream. Because she put that thought in our head. 
that thought works so many times that now Joe gets out of bed in the morning and she'll say, who wants ice cream? She'll try it first thing in the morning. The devil's the same way. He uses the same thoughts on us over and over and over again. They work. What works on me works on me. And what works on you works on you. So he'll keep, he'll keep, he, he will insinuate that same thought over and over and over again. Over and over and over again until we stop it. We've got to stop that to win the battle. We've got to do that. It's up to us. It's up to me and it's up to you in your own personal life. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. I'm almost done. For though we walk in the flesh, that's most of us right there, right? For though we walk in the flesh because we've been conditioned to that flesh for so long, we do not war according to the flesh. We don't according to the flesh. Come on, sis. For the weapons of our warfare are not are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down of strongholds. Those strongholds are what? What's a stronghold? Anything that rises itself up against God, right? A thought, imagination, anything that rises itself up up above God tries to become higher than God. Tries to get you to value it more than God. That's a stronghold, right? So I can say that my Corvette at times can be a stronghold. You could fill in the blank. You've all got strongholds also. If we're honest with ourselves. Come on, sis. <clears throat> Casting down arguments. The King James Version uses imaginations right there. I'm going to get in that definition in just a second. So, casting down arguments or imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Right there. So, arguments. The King James uses the word imaginations. And those are all in the concordance when you look up that word right there. But it means reasonings. And thoughts. So take your imagination. It's like a big picture screen, right? It's kind of like the screen right here. So when I have an imagination, I, it, it can be, it can be um, triggered by something that's happened in the past. It can be triggered by something that I say to you, right? right. Something that, 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 that you smell will, will cause you to have an imagination or a thought. You'll remember something from your past. You'll remember, you'll remember that last time that, that, you're, that you were under attack. Right. Are you following me? Right. Who wants ice cream? <laughs> oh, man, I love their Sunday. I love the Carmel Sunday down there, so I, I start wanting one immediately. Are you following? So, so our own reasonings will attack us. Are you following? Yeah. Sometimes we're under attack in this battle we're talking about. We're under for this battle for our soul. Sometimes we're under attack by our own reasonings. We'll reason ways why this isn't really going to work for me. I really can't do that. I'm really not good enough to live that way. Listen to me. God's called each and every one of you into a relationship with him. Amen. His son died on the cross so you can be reconciled with him. Amen. He wants you to be in that relationship that bad. You are. You're not good enough. But through the blood of Christ, you've been made good enough. I'm not good enough. But through the blood of Christ, I've been made good enough. So, so forget about what those imaginations are. Forget about what those thoughts are. We have to cast those thoughts down. We have to cast down arguments, imaginations, reasonings, thoughts, all those things that rise themselves up above the word of God. We have to cast them down. And you've been taught here in this church before. How do you cast down a thought or an imagination? You have authority over everything with a name, don't you? Isn't that what the Bible says? Authority over anything with a name. Is thought and imagination? Is a, I mean, is thought, it's a name. Reasoning is a name. Are you following me? Imagination, it's a name. So I can cast those things down in the name of Jesus, right? But I can cast that thing down in the name of Jesus, and what happens next? Who wants ice cream? It pops right back up again, doesn't it? So we have to know some word of God. we got to know some of God's word, because when she says, who wants ice cream, my mind goes to Derby. Immediately. That's how our mind works. 
When that thing and that thought or that imagination, whatever that thing is, comes up, your mind immediately goes there. You think about it. Sometimes you can taste it. Sometimes you can smell it almost. Are you following me on that picture screen in your mind? But if we just cast that thought down, it comes right back against us again. So we've got to have some word. We've got to plant some word down inside of us. I hide that word in my heart that I might not sin against thee, Psalms 119.11 says. So we've got to have that word down inside of us. So we cast that thought down or that imagination down in the name of Jesus. Mind, you come in line with the word of God. You come in line with the word of God. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I'm not listening to that junk anymore. And you can run off the foul spirits, the devil, whoever's there to give you the thought too. You can run that thing off with your authority. Church, believe it. This is real today. It's real today. I think this is the number one thing that plagues us as Christians is our mind, our soul, our minds wandering around on whatever it is that, that they wonder to get on. They're all different, right? God made us all a little bit different. Can we get every head bowed at this time? Daddy, we thank you for this day, Lord. We love you, Father, and we praise you, Father God. Lord, I pray that you this, this, this word that you've given me here today, Father God, would cause your people to realize, cause us to realize, Father God, that we need more of you, Lord, that we need to be more spiritually minded, Father God, instead of more, more physically minded, Father Lord. I pray that you would, you would just go with us this week, Father God, and, and, and teach us, Lord, and continue to draw us back, Lord, and continue to draw us closer to you, Father God, and continue to, to, to remind us to get in our words, Lord, and apply these words to your, to get in your word, I'm sorry, Daddy, and apply these words to our life, Father. We thank you for these things, Dad, and we praise you for this, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would keep us safe until our next appointed time here, Father. And Lord, I just pray that you would bless this church, Father God. Bless the people of this church I'm talking about, Daddy. In Jesus' name we pray these things, Father. Amen. Amen.